And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. What's up, hustlers? Welcome back. This is Andrew Morgans, founder of Marknology, here as today's host of Startup Hustle. Today, we're going to be talking about AI tools for Amazon agencies. And I know this podcast covers a lot of things about e-commerce and Amazon, a lot of times as the Amazon seller, the brand building. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about what some of these tools can be used for uh, by the agencies building the brands. I've got the founder on here. And before I make an introduction, today's episode of Startup Hustle is powered by Fullscale.io. Hiring software developers is difficult. Fullscale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably and has the platform to help you manage that team. Visit Fullscale.io to learn more. John Tilly, welcome to the show. Andrew, what's up, man? Good to be here. Uh, I'm excited for today, man. Uh, uh, I've known you in the space and, and I know you get into things, so it's, uh, it's going to be cool. Yeah, uh, John is... Um, a big time networker, always sending me introductions um, all over in the space. I think today he's in LA uh, with his um, company Zonguru. Uh, but we're going to be talking about the tool um, itself, but also um, how AI is really having a big splash into what we're doing, helping us get more cost effective, helping us get smarter, um, you know, and, and ultimately be able to do more with less. But before we just jump into AI, I know it's a hot topic, John. <laughs> I like uh, our guests and listeners um, to get to know each other a little bit. And I'd like to know just a little bit where John's story, you know, begins, at least when it comes to entrepreneurship and business. Was it something you always, uh, you know, wanted to move into? I know for me, it just kind of hit me like uh, by an accident. I didn't, I was just a hard worker. I didn't really think about being a, an entrepreneur. And then I just found myself doing something I love. Um, where's your story begin? Right now, right today. That's where it begins, right? Uh, no. Uh, geez, it's, it's, it's been a journey. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, you know, I'll, I'll give you the, the, the quick, uh, once over and, uh, and you tell me what you want to talk more about, but, uh, you know, my accent is, is South African. So, you know, I grew up in South Africa, Johannesburg, um, you know, pretty, pretty, I mean, you know about Africa, but, uh, you know, pretty, pretty great upbringing. Um, I, I thoroughly had a, an amazing time, uh, growing up there. Uh, and, uh, I went to college in, in Johannesburg as well after high school, uh, studied marketing and, and, uh, psychology as well. Uh, I, I dropped the psychology part because my dad's a psychologist and I, and I, and I realized I was turning to my dad. So I, stuck, I, I stuck with the marketing side, but, um, no, no, I mean, I, I, love I think they dad. go, they pair well together, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. yeah, it was, sure. as a marketer, you're trying to get into the mind of, uh, the people you're, the, you're selling to, you know? So yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And then, um, you know, after college, I, I took a year off, you know, typically, you know, South Africans, Australians, New Zealanders, we like to take a year off either before college or after and, and kind of travel the globe. And I took a year off and, and, uh, one thing that I, that I wanted to jump into was, uh, snowboarding. Uh, and I was like, Hey, I can go to the States. Where's the best, uh, mountain to go snowboard. And I picked big sky Montana. So, you know, I went okay. straight up to big sky Montana for my 
first uh, snow experience and, and uh, <laughs> jumped into the deep end there, which was pretty epic. So, you know, I, I stayed in, in the US for a year and I actually ended up, uh, you know, traveling. Uh, I think I went to 39 states in about a year, year and a half. Yeah, so I went, went all around. And after, you know, the, the snow, I, I, I played rugby and I played for a bunch of teams in, in, in different cities. And that was a great way to travel because you literally land in a place, played a sport that you loved there with like 30 people that you just got to know. So it was, it was kind of cool. Um, and uh, yeah, after, after that, I went back to South Africa and, and started my career in, in, uh, in advertising. So, I, you know, I was kind of part of uh, some big uh, digital advertising uh, agencies at the time with some pretty big blue chip clients uh, in South Africa. It was like the chocolate brand Cadbury's and Gillette, uh, Gillette, um, you know, shaving uh, as well was kind of my accounts. Um, and, uh, you know, I progressed with, with them and, and uh, you know, moved over to London with, with an agency over there and worked, uh, I worked on Burger King and in, in launching that in, in Europe. That, that's um, a big change. Uh, yeah. So I, I want to ask a couple of things. One, uh, I did grow up in Africa. I think it was a lot different experience than you. Um, when, when, when I landed in uh, Johannesburg, December 25th, 2001, uh, I was coming out of a war zone jungle and I just remember going to the shopping mall in uh, Johannesburg and just being like, the kids are eating ice cream. Like, I remember that. It's like, well, vaguely what I remember it was like Christmas day and I'm just like, kids eat ice cream here? This is wild. I had just been, you know, DRC was in, in a civil war and it was kind of just a crazy time. Not, not, not my entire childhood was like that, but, you know, uh, my teenage years for sure. And a lot of listeners, I think, I know this just because whenever people hear that I'm from Africa, they immediately think South Africa because that's the that's more general. Um, but, you know, the countries in Africa are so different and diverse. I mean, um, I think my number one place in the world is Cape Town. If mm -hmm. I, you know, as far as beauty and everything, it's just a perfect place on earth. Uh, so one, just a little clarity. Two, uh, I like people, you know, people don't understand that there might be massive marketing agencies in, in South Africa and things like the advertising agencies. Like, you know, I don't think people's minds necessarily understand exactly um, what that part of the world is like. Uh, I like giving a little clarity. So uh, you're the first I've heard of that was started their advertising journey in South Africa, which I think is really cool. And then what I know is that like whenever I moved to the U.S., it was a big uh, I kind of came in, my dad was very sick. It's why we left Africa. And so I was just like, you know, my, uh, acclimation, I guess, to, uh, the Midwest and society here was, it was off putting. It was confusing. It took me a while to get my bearing, so to speak. Um, but you know, you did the thing, I think you did the thing right, really traveling kind of at a little bit older age than myself. And, um, but then going from South Africa to London, big difference i think uh in cost of living and just like the culture i know i've i've visited a few times and even i'm just kind of like this is quite as fast it's different um were you advertising with african brands and then in with you know uk-based brands or were you like kind of covering brands uh internationally with those agencies yeah uh no good good questions i mean I, I going back to south africa i think i think a lot of people think of third world countries, even Mexico a lot as, as a place that, um, you know, is third world, right? But, but you know, most of those places have an extreme, you know, the, the disparity, right? You have high level of education and high e-commerce. And then on the other side, you have these really poor, um, you know, areas that, that are, that are uh, need a lot of help, right? So th that's the definition of third world. So 
the education level and 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 the e-commerce level and and even the creative creative level is extremely high. You know, agencies there in South Africa still won a lot of awards and. Uh, the creative level is very high. And, and typically, you know, people coming out of third world countries, there's a very strong entrepreneurial creative spirit just because you have to be, right? You have to make things happen. So, um, you know, that's, that's uh, yeah, it, I got a lot of that exposure uh, early on. Um, I actually, you know, it, part of my, my story around entrepreneurship is that, you know, even though I, I kind of got into advertising and, and uh, you know, was it was a pretty high level of, of, of kind of commercial work. Um, I, I, I have this, this underlying theme of what I, what I call entrepreneurial FOMO, right? So it's this idea of like always wanting to be an entrepreneur, but, and trying kind of a few things, but being involved in this industry at, at such a pace that, that I never really made the leap. And, um, in South Africa itself, uh, you know, I was in, in advertising and I left advertising, uh, and, uh, I went back to Johannesburg and, uh, my whole vision was to open a, a nightclub bar. And so I kind of went back into bartending to learn the whole idea of, of, of that. Um, and then uh, dropped that idea. Uh, thank, thank goodness. Uh, and then, and then moved to uh, Cape Town and worked in the film industry. Uh, and then, and then on the back of that, uh, you know, I was really interested in the creative aspects of, of filmmaking and, uh, Cape Town is, is a massive uh, studio uh, destination, uh, and then and then after that, I you, you know I, I made a decision. Hey, I wanted to go and check out London, live there. My brother had moved there, and and uh, I decided to just go there. You know, kind of straight up and just, whim, just yeah. there. And, and then when I got there, you know, I kind of looked at the resume. And I was like, okay, well, this is this is you know I enjoyed the agency side, and then we get back in. So I started you know applying and, and getting in. So that's that's kind of how I got into London. It was purely a move of going exploring the world and, and, uh, and then obviously getting back into advertising, which was amazing. You know, I was like, this was, uh, 2002, you know, I was, you know, early, early twenties, you know, living in, 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 in the center of Europe, really, it's at the cutting edge of the industry in, in Europe, uh, with actually funny enough, a lot of buddies from South Africa that all were moving there and, and kind of making a go of living in, in Europe and, uh, the access we had to all of Europe over weekends and, uh, you know, I lived right in Covent Garden. I worked right in Covent Garden uh, in, in, in kind of the, the cutting edge part of the industry, but then had access to all of Europe. It was an amazing um, change from, you know, being, you know, pretty isolated down on the southern tip of Africa to yep. literally in, in, in the, the heartbeat of Europe and, and having access to Europe was, was an awesome time with some cool clubs and cool music and, and everything else. So it was, it was a good time. And for me... Um, I'm very inspired. Like I'm a creative. Uh, I'm definitely a hybrid creative. Like I, I create well with someone else. Like, you know, uh, uh, I can think of music in my head. I need the guitar player to play the lick, so to speak, or the DJ to come up, you know, I'm like, I'm humming it. I'm, I can come up with it. Or I have a vision for a mural or a vision for a product. Uh, but I need the artist. I need to pair with the artist, you know, to make my vision come to life. Um, unless I have AI, right. But we'll, we'll get to that. Um, but uh, for me, like, you know, a big part of my entrepreneurial journey the last nine years has been getting that ability to travel. Um, and whether that was getting out of the job that didn't allow me to travel or um, having the money to travel or the time to, to be ability to take time off. Um, but Berlin, Milan, you know, Valencia, um, mm -hmm. Austria, uh, Czech Republic, um, Spain, uh, you know, Madrid and Barcelona, you know, Portugal, uh, for me, these like 
you know, for a lot of people, maybe they get that right after college. I've gotten it later in my in my life. And even though I traveled when I was young, I didn't do this traveling in the middle kind of and, you know, had a coming back to it. But, uh, you know, we get stuck in the grind as entrepreneurs. We're building, we're building, we're building, we're building. And then all of a sudden you're like, man, I just feel drained. Where are you drawing inspiration from? You know, and for me, like the the uh, freedom that you feel in Berlin to me is like wild. You can almost taste it like they they just embrace their freedom there in a way that like the Midwest will never know, you know. Uh, and uh, I say that because I'll come back with crazy amounts of inspiration, just like from stepping into cultures and languages and different things than, um, you know, we get experience here. Um, and, and, you know, America is made up of all of the countries of the world. We're one of the only countries, I think, that's just has this big of a um, a mixing pot of all the different cultures. Uh, but like imagining being a, while being an advertiser in the middle of London, just getting access to the clubs, the nightlife, people think of it just as partying for me. Some of the architecture of the buildings, uh, the music, the DJs, like the, the environment of what's happening, being plugged into the people is a big way that I find my inspiration for for a lot of stuff that I do. Um, you can't just be an amazing uh, creative or come up with amazing ideas and have no inputs. You know, people I don't think people understand that you can't live a boring life and just have these amazing ideas. Um, so you're in your young 20s. Uh, I was in my young 20s in Hawaii. So I did have a good time, but a different kind of fun. Um, so you're back into advertising there. Uh, and what kind of advertising are you doing? Print? Is it like digital? Is it e-com? Is it paid media? You know? Yeah, I mean, at the time, uh, I mean, everything you talked about countries, I can absolutely relate to. So I'd love to, to, to mention something on that. But at the time, you know, I was involved in uh, the point of sale um, side of, of advertising. So print, uh, you know, store, you know, that have it, have it your way. Burger King was, was about taking that brand, creating it and launching it across all the stores in Europe. So, uh, I was a lot involved a lot in, in kind of in-store placements, uh, and all the, the, the point of purchase material that goes with that. But through that, there was kind of like below the line, the through the line started happening and the digital side started happening and we started building microsites and I, and I transitioned uh, into the digital side, which, which I loved. Um, but uh, yeah, just just you know, the other thing I was I was doing at that time was I was throwing a lot of uh, parties uh, and, and music parties in, in in London. We we hired out boats and you know brought on DJs and did that and and uh, that, that kind of idea of having a nightclub was still sitting with me and running events and um, you know I did some some a pretty cool uh, underground party in in the in the London underground tunnels. Um, so you Whoa, know there was the stuff I hear about the stuff I yeah, hear about yeah. yeah there's like these underground uh, kind of cave caverns that happen under 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 London Bridge um, so we threw some cool parties there and and uh, you know there was still that, that strong uh, entrepreneur side of me that 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 I was was still trying to feel out um, so th there was this general theme of like hey I was in an in industry and and doing all these cool things but but uh, still feeling like hey. I, kind of missing out like I really leaned into wanting to have my own business and doing that and figuring out you know taking all those inspirational ideas and how do you actually execute on them and more importantly be able to make the jump right that's the, that's the tricky part if you're in that nine to five how, you know how do you how do you make the jump is it a, a flat on full business plan and, and and funding behind that or is there another way to do it and that's what I was trying to figure out at the time but um yeah you know for me I was coming from you know Johannesburg where you kind of know most of the people or are connected with most into 
um, London or, or even New York was just like, you know, being this, whoever the hell you want to be, you know, mm -hmm. sitting at a bar, you don't even have to look around. You're just like, I'm here and let me just meet the coolest people. Um, and, and America was, was, was what just that mindset of just being open and saying what you want and, and, and just being pretty blunt about everything. Uh, you know, whether it's a drink or a hookup, it was pretty blunt. It was just like, okay, well, let's, let's get at it. You know, whatever it yeah. was, um, it was, it was awesome. So, um, you know, um, yeah, you know, I, I stayed there for a few years, had, had some fun. And, and, uh, um, the reason I kind of ended up, uh, in, in, the, the U S was, um, uh, going back to when I was in the States, I, I had like the summer romance with a girl who then four years later, we, we met up again in London, actually at, at a, at a Moby, um, I oh, know it was an REM concert. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. It was, it was some kind of random, random meetup. And then we started dating between LA and London and that's, that's what really got me at, at a point later, uh, to, to move over to, to Los Angeles and, and give that a go. So that's kind of how I ended up. Um, that's how you got here. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, um, you know, uh, yeah, it was, it was a pretty, pretty big move and, and, uh, a very different move. I think when, when I moved over to Los Angeles, you know, it's completely different to literally anywhere else, um, in terms of connection to, to kind of an English, uh, tradition, right. Or the British tradition, which, which has, you know, flavors throughout the world, e even including New York, uh, the West is completely different. Right. And, uh, um, you know, I also moved there with, with literally no connections at all. Um, other, other than obviously, um, the girlfriend at the time. And, uh, and, and that was like a true kind of startup from scratch, like normal, no mates, you know, no connections. How am I going to make this happen? No brother. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was, that was a pretty big uh, shift, you know, uh, coming out to, to Los Angeles. And then, um, you know, uh, it's, you know, did a few things, but got back into advertising and, and, and worked, uh, with, with some agencies over here with, with the pretty big clients. Um, I think my big one at the time was public storage, which is, you know, kind of a national brand, um, and, uh, ended up getting involved in the software side of that. Um, and, and we were, we were doing a lot of their, their websites and reservation system development. So we started developing the internal enterprise online reservation system, uh, and building out a team around that. So that's where I started to. Kind of cut my teeth. Take this advertising from like print and experiential, or you know, like in store retail or in store restaurant or in store. Like even the stuff you're doing on the side was kind of similar to that, which was let me throw an event with my flair, my style, my I'm picking the DJs, the location, whatever, right? Kind of thing. Coming to the U.S., working again in that space with uh, public storage, but then they make this leap into software where they're they're trying to automate or systemize or, and that was when you first got kind of introduced to helping along with that. Yeah. 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 I mean, look, I'd already transitioned quite a bit into the digital side, you know, for public storage and even for okay. Burger King, et cetera, we were doing website developments, you know, running all of the, the online marketing channels, PPC. But that's um, different than, that's different than software, you know, hundred percent. Yeah. So that, that was really my, my first cut into like, okay, cool. Well, we're getting into a lot of the back end, front end you know, every, every kind of piece and how do you manage teams around building that? Right. And we were way over our head. I mean, I don't even know why they gave us that project. I was like, this is crazy, but, uh, you know, we, we you were made it probably in another area. And then they're like, guys, we don't yeah. know anyone that can do this. That's what I find is that like, yeah. you know, yeah. if we're pioneering, you don't know, but no, does it, neither does anyone else. So, yeah. uh, you know, uh, that's, yeah, that's fun. Yeah. And that, and that's, that's a big lesson in entrepreneurship. And you kind of mentioned it earlier, which is like, okay, you, you can have the creative idea and the vision, but 
you know you, you want to be the you want to be the conductor of that right in the, in the orchestra you know conduct the orchestra right find the specialist in the right place be very clear on on the vision and the business objective uh and and have the ability to manage people and you know smell bullshit when you need to smell bullshit right and and kind of and, feel like that you're the producer you know you're the producer yeah, in a lot of ways yeah. like com to compare it to music i traveled for four and a half years playing music full-time mm. that was my journey around the u.s and all the states uh i was chasing freedom and chasing you know creativity and uh i never didn't need money at the time i just didn't think i needed money at the time coming from africa missionary family i was just very minimalistic you know and in the things i had with me and needed and uh you know to be happy i eventually realized i wanted financial freedom as well but at the time it was like you know uh, couch surfing and playing shows and venues all over the place um you know, so I think of a lot of things in the in the context of music and, and how it's done. But I think like as a as an entrepreneur, my style is very much like a producer where I'm trying to pull in even as an athlete. I love sports. I love playing, you know, leagues, men's league sports or co-ed, whatever, volleyball, softball, basketball, you name it. Um, I'm not the best talent on the team. I pull together the best talent into one team is I feel like, you know, it's kind of my talent uh, as an entrepreneur. We all create different ways. I feel like everybody creates in a different way. Um, but for me, it's pull it, oh, I think we need this flavor. I think we need this piece. I think we need this talent, you know, um, and thinking about creating that way. I think so. I hear so many people say they're not creative and that's not necessarily the case. It's a muscle that you build like any other muscle. You have to like, you know, work it out, et cetera. Um, but I, I still have yet to hear where you left corporate and and made a mm. leap. So mm. I feel like that's coming. Yeah, no, that's that, that's coming right now. But um, you know, j just on that point on, on producers, you know, my 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 business partner uh, and, and friend um, on Zonguru when when we, we founded it, you know, his he, he was a serial entrepreneur, and, he, and his whole thing was um, if you're going to be successful in in being an entrepreneur, there's three things you have to do at at the high end, which is uh, vision, standards, and recruitment, right? You have to have a vision, you have to set super high standards, and you have to recruit the people to to do it. And, and I, I would throw in the, the fourth one there, which is execution. Um, you know, one thing this this business guy, Adam Hudson, uh, my, my good friend, uh, was just amazing at is, is having that vision, but then just executing that MVP. You know, how do you roll that out and, and you know, see if it has legs, right? And, and if you don't have that execution piece um that that was the biggest muscle that i had to really train uh, some people have to get that in two people i feel like mm. uh, and that's why they need partners um other people can be both uh you know like your friend adam or your partner adam um but i think that's it's more rare to be both um you know for me i wasn't i was more creative uh but i had this like ability so like when i was in congo I was hacking the satellites for faster internet. I was just bored and had nothing to do. It was too dangerous to do a lot of things. So I was a young kid with like crazy kind of internet access. Uh, you know, the web was, there wasn't like file sharing and things like that. You were like scraping uh, games and videos off of like the back end of porn sites and doing wild stuff. Um, but I was this creative that was like, just, I played in my imagination. I lived in my imagination as a kid. Um, I still do in a lot of ways. Right. Uh, but I had this ability to, um, analyze data and just do really hard things like, uh, mm -hmm. that honestly I was doing stuff as a kid that maybe someone would get paid like 150, 200,000 now, uh, if they were in networking or something like that, you know, just networking computers, like, uh, you know, setting up gateways, all this kind of stuff. I just had this like tinkering mind, I think for it. Um, 
but I had to really train uh, how to be organized, how to be like, you know, to execute correctly. Um, Cause I, I am kind of the hybrid, but it came because of a lot of practice, a lot of training. I'm still like, you know, I still have to figure out how to get my ADHD brain, so to speak, like mm-hmm. focused and dialed in, but it is a skill set. Um, you, you can have all the ideas in the world. You have to be able to say, here's an idea from nothing. I'm going to execute and get that MVP. Yeah. I mean, you, and you tap into something that, that, that I've tapped into, well, figured out over, over years of, of, you know, looking to recruit people, which is, you know, the idea that you, you can't teach values, but you can, you can train people to do certain things, right. Or you can yep. prove, prove them. And, and when I go to, you can't teach values, like what are the values that are, you know, very high on our list when we're looking for people. And, you know, the one that you just brought up in, in what you explained there is, is critical for us, which is, which is curiosity. That's our highest value. Right. And what you were saying there, like you could figure out hard things, but it's not just because you were extremely brilliant at, at, figuring those things out. You were curious. You were like, dude, I want to solve this, right? And, yeah. and some people innately have that in them. Some people don't. And, and those people that are curious about things and, and want to figure out how to solve things, those are the guys you want to snap up because you can you can train everything else around that. You can train execution, you can train, et cetera, right? So um, yeah, that's super cool that, that uh, yeah, you, you have that, right? Which is which is critical. Um, yeah, so so going going back to, to my story, you know, I think um, I'd evolved to, to a place um, you know, where, you know, the job was great. I was, I'd found my place a little bit in Los Angeles and started to, to, you know, really enjoy the city and, and the, and the gig, but, um, I had some changes happen in, in, in the personal life and, um, you know, kind of lost a bit of my sense and, and wanted to connect again with that. And, um, part of that, that frustration was this idea of like, damn, I just, I, you know, I really feel like I, I need to have my own thing. Um, and, and how do I do that? And being frustrated as to not figuring out what, how to make that switch. And, um, going back to my, uh, my business partner, Adam, uh, you know, he was like, Hey, there's this Amazon thing happening in early 2013. Um, let's go to Vegas and go to this conference and check it out. And, and that's where the penny dropped for me, uh, in terms of how, um, I could, I could take my skill set and, and create brands, uh, and, and sell them on Amazon. Right. So, you know, that's, that's typically typical kind of story of that time is that you know it was it was really um just this amazing platform that no matter and it's still today but then even then you know it's it's this platform where it doesn't matter you know race religion education level country um you literally you know if you apply some 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 knowledge and thinking you can create a brand and you can launch on amazon and compete with the best brands in the world Mm. uh, right off the bat right and and that was just an insane uh, opportunity and, and something you could do on the side with a couple of people. So I started that, I launched, you know, in a, in a year, year and a half, I, I launched uh, four or five products. Uh, one of them did incredibly well. Um, and and that got me out of my nine to five gig where, where I, I stopped doing that and focused on, on the Amazon side. Um, and the success, I can honestly say about, we've all got, the, you just said it, like most of us have the, the, the idea to learn. We have like the, the creativity, um, we had the way of kind of figuring out, but the, the biggest thing for me to, to unpack from, from my, my education days or my college days or, or whatever is like the, this idea of like really saying, Hey, if I want to start something, do I need a, a full kind of business plan where I've worked on every single thing about like how this company is going to be a hundred million dollar company? Um, and, and the answer is not, you know, if, if you start to think about that, you're just putting in, uh, blockages 
to getting there, right? And, yep. and what you really need to do is, yeah, you have to have the vision of what that is, but you have to break that down to what's the simplest, most immediate step I could take now to execute on that plan and do it consistently. And, and that was a big um, you know, thing that I had to learn was like how to be consistent about taking action on this idea without letting it get stale. Yep. Um, where, where I could do it as, as a side gig every single uh, week, you know, with, with, with obviously a pretty intense job. And so I figured that out. And, and honestly, once I'd, you know, figured out that I shouldn't focus on the end goal and I just need to focus on what I need to do right now and forget about the rest, it was pretty easy. And so I launched those brands, um, you know, and, and did well with those. So th that's what got me out of that, out of the nine to five. And, and um, there was already an inkling of, because of the software experience, I was like, hey, man, there's, there's an opportunity here. And and uh, you know, exiting to focus on the on on the brands uh, and selling on Amazon, I, I already kind of started to make the decision that there was a step in the direction of starting the software side, which was really interesting to me. Um, and at the time, I think the you know it's a marketing term, Geigo, right? Garbage in, garbage out. And I just think the software at the time it felt more like this is sake of software for the sake of software, um, and and you know it's not really focusing on answering the right business questions in the most impactful way. And, and with the knowledge that I had, I could bring that to the software team. We could develop software, the software in the right way. So that was, that was um, part of the plan. Um, and, uh, and, you know, shortly after, you know, leaving the, the, the agency gig um, and focusing on, on my brands, I started, um, you know, the software side, which was like, Hey, the brands will support me as a means to getting the software going. And that's, that's how we, we got going. We're not really that much different, John, in our stories. Um, a little bit different trajectory, but you know, I started in. I got a degree in computer science. I, I wasn't happy with networking. Um, you know, I started. Uh, I took a chance and worked at a startup. You know, this was thirteen years ago uh, in ecom. Uh, Twelve years ago, uh, startup to then I became an e-commerce manager, and then I started freelancing on the side mainly. Uh, to help me with my finances, I was going through a relationship thing, a, a bad one, and uh, I was like, "How can I get ahead on my finances?" And then, then it became more passion than anything else, and it became I just fell in love with ecom and Amazon specifically because it was the great equalizer. Like I'm, I'm, uh, you know, my family's very religious, and I guess we're kind of have a pedigree in religion in some ways. But besides that, I'm, I'm, I'm a mutt, you know, uh, American mutt. And from the bottom, you know, I think I'm the first male to get a college degree in my family. Uh, you know, great people, just uh, not really business minded in that sense. Um, and uh, this was like, I didn't need a, some guys to say, You're, you can come to this club. I didn't need anyone to let me in. I didn't need any of that. Amazon was the best person can win. And I've always known if I apply myself, I can be good at anything. I've always known that I kind of wasn't the person picked for this or for that, or wasn't in sports because I moved as a junior in high school and, you know, just all these different reasons why, you know, didn't get the, sh the shot. And Amazon for me, I'm a, I'm just a massive fan because it really, I mean, it's changed my family's life. It's changed my life. It gave me opportunity. And I've now, you know, I have a team of 35. I've created opportunity for others. Um, and I love, I love building and creating and solving problems. So it was like the, it was just a home run for me. Um, you know, I built some clients on the side and, uh, the agency in a lot of ways, um, I'm not sure if I've ever said this on the air, but like Marknology, I've been building, I've been investing back into the agency to be the best agency in space. Uh, that at least we can be, there's no, like, I guess, ranking system, so to speak, you know, but I feel like we do amazing work with amazing talent. Um, and it's been to build my own brands, um, you know, to build my own brands and, 
and exit those. And I, I just love the process, whether it's learning, you know, off Amazon stuff or, or evaluating the data, becoming a data scientist and getting into it and just diving in. Um, I mean, I still love it today. It's been 13 years now. Uh, and I think it's because it continues to evolve and you get to keep that creative side going, like with, you know, with different ideas and, um, you know, kind of what's out there. But, uh, I never really thought like, Hey, I need my own thing. I just, I, the companies I were at were so resistant to change that I was like, I want to keep learning this. And the only way I'm going to keep learning this is to do it on my own. And so that kind of forced me to take the leap more than, um, you know, just like I want to, I want to own my own business. Um, I don't love managing people. Uh, you know, I like everybody to just be happy and do their thing and stuff. So it's taken me a little bit to figure out how to do that with my personality type. Um, but okay. So, you know, you're, you're successful with your brands on Amazon. Um, you know, I think Adam is Adam, the other co-founder of Zonger. So you already knew him. He had taken you, I, I'm assuming Amazon Prosper in Vegas at the time. Um, uh, it was before Prosper. I think it was like the the amazing conference or, or whatever it okay, was. Okay. There was, and at that time, like, I don't know if anyone listening is like, you know, in the Amazon space that long, but all of the conferences were ran by software companies. Um, mm -hmm. So as an attendee myself, I'd go and he was getting kind of sold software you know, uh, how do I use this? How do I not use this? You know, and, and uh, I knew that the kind of the human way of doing things was, you know, CSV files and flat files and things like that. PPC, the software wasn't great. in those early days, in my opinion, it wasn't really that great. So I was kind of just like resistant to a lot of it. Um, but I can remember early, like kind of what was leading the narrative. And I want to go into kind of what Zongru and how you've kind of how you're bringing AI and what you brought to the team in the last 15 minutes here. Um, Shout out again to our sponsor, Fullscale.io. Finding expert software developers doesn't have to be difficult, especially when you visit Fullscale.io, where you can build a software team quickly and affordably. Use the Fullscale platform to define your technical needs and then see what available testers, developers, and leaders are ready to join your team. Visit Fullscale.io to learn more. Okay, so you, um, you know, you're taking your experience with brand building and saying, hey, I know what brands are needing, what Amazon sellers are needing. Um, you know, how we're using this data in the real world to build a brand. And um, you join the team. Where do you go from there? Yeah, look, I mean, um, enjoy, enjoy, you know, starting the, the, the software business, right? Where do I go from there? Yeah. Yeah, look, you know, we, we, we had a pretty strong vision at the beginning. Um, you know, my, my co-founder of, of Zonguru, Adam, he started an education course, you know, really teaching people how to create proper businesses on, on Amazon and e-commerce brands, right? Beyond, um, you know, just, just, a, just a product that you sold on Amazon, which at the time was pretty unique, right? So I think there was a lot of like, hey, just you know, sell this black yoga mat and you'll make millions and not yeah. really thinking about scaling a business. So he focused on that and I built the software to support, you know, the, the education program as our start. So that was that was the initial ride. And, and you know, trust me, our product was shit. It was really, <laughs> you know, I was scrambling to, to figure it out. And, and we had, we had figured out some things we were building in India it was an MVP. There was no like real understanding of from a developer side of what the, what the vision of, of, or not the vision, but like, you know, understanding our target audience in a better way to make scale. Is it the seller? So, is it the agency? Yeah, is it we brand? Like, you know, we were constantly putting out fires and just trying to build software for, for this team that of people that needed it. Um, so, you know, that was kind of the start. And, you know, I remember dude, going to the back rooms of, of pubs and, and, you know, holding a seller event with five people and looking for that first one or two signups and, 
you know, I could show you a picture of our first Zongu like logo. It was like terrible. Um, but you know, that's how you start, right? And, and, yeah. and we just hustled it. And, and, um, you know, the, the true kind of vision of Zongu really started to happen when I found my, my CTO, Stefan, uh, who's based in Bulgaria. Uh, he, he grew up in, in Canada, Toronto, but then moved over to Bulgaria where his family was. Um, and, uh, um, the good thing was that he was a, you know, a, 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 had a deep experience in, in developing and working with big scalable organizations, but he was also an Amazon seller, right? And so there was a massive connection mm, there. He could make he the, he could, he could, he could bridge the gap for you. Yeah. And it was just like, dude, now we get someone who really is a developer, knows how to scale software, but actually understands our true audience and what we're they trying to do. They speak a different language. Like, it was just like, you know, it was just like magic, right? And so that was also a start of, of, you know, me realizing that like, you know, everyone's going to be doing a side hustle. And if I can get my team to side hustle in Amazon, even better, right? So we incentivize our team, whoever we hire, they got an opportunity to start a brand on Amazon. Uh, we we, we um, sponsored their, their first order of stock, um, you know, to get them going. Um, and, uh, you know, through that process, we have a, a bunch of sellers that are on our team. So we truly have that DNA and it makes a huge difference where um, we have brilliant. people on the team that are actually, you know, our target audience, right? So, um, yeah, we, we just started, you know, growing from there and, and, and had some decent explosion uh, over the years. You know, we have 17 different tools, um, you know, and, and then really kind of arrived into 2022, um, you know, with, with, quite significant changes happening in the industry. COVID happened, you know, the whole kind of idea of like mom and pop SMB, you know, as the, you know, rightly so, as the industry's got more sophisticated, you're getting, you know, e bigger e-commerce brands coming onto the platform. How do you service those, you know, in-person events were, were kind of going away. So, so there was a, there was a, a and, and massive competitors, you know, you know, all the big guys, right. 30 million in funding, blah, 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 you know, and, and here's us competing, right. So, um, we, we went and raised, uh, you've got a VC partner, um, you know, put some VC into, into, into the company really around adding fuel to the fire of like, okay, where is the industry growing and how do we, how do we better fit with, with the, the marketplace? So, you know, in a nutshell, you know, we still have our core, um, focus on, on, on brands, on Amazon sellers, but we also have, uh, an agency solution. So we started to focus on how do we fit better with agencies? help them scale enterprise brands on 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 amazon globally right so um what's cool about that is that we're we're we, pro we definitely have our best product market fit with with agencies that that are you know beyond 20 clients that are that are scaling um mainly for a few reasons but just the the impact and efficiency of our software and how to, how, how can it help their team scale but um by solving problems at that level, it's a trickle down effect that solves it for the individual seller anyway, right? So it's a pretty cool model where, um, you know, we're, we're solving more complex problems that are, you know, aligning with where the industry is going. And then we, we're trickling that down all the way to the individual seller. So it's, it's, it's I, the right. I think something right that I just want to add a little color to it is um, when you're working with the, the agencies that are then working with the brands of the sellers, because it has evolved. It started with you had to be wholesaler, private label seller to even no one was even paying attention to Amazon. Then brands, start, you know, small brands started paying attention. Then the bigger enterprise brands are paying attention. Enterprise brands are already there, but they didn't have anyone internal that was managing it. They were outsourcing it to, to agencies or Amazon 1P or whatever the case might have been, right? They weren't actually like navigating the, the intricacies of selling on Amazon. Um, but what you get with 
an agency, I think, running the software is you're now selling to other Amazon pros instead of, and they can use the software in better ways, these more advanced ways than if you're, you know, having to educate each individual seller. Uh, you know, it's one thing to teach them kind of the basics of how to use the tools to help you. It's another thing to get into the more advanced stuff. Um, I mean, it's just like just like you made sellers out of your own team members, um, you know, by helping them get launched. They're now working with other people, like let's say at Marknology, for example, where our account team understands selling on Amazon, and so it's it's a conversation between two Amazon sellers using a tool versus uh, people that created the tool that are Amazon sellers selling to someone trying to figure out Amazon. You know, um, yeah, great, very good point, and and that was a a, a really cool after effect from from moving there is that the conversation was elevated and our team actually enjoyed the the gig more because they were just asking simplistic questions it was more complex questions where where they had to you know um kind of scratch that curiosity side of their brain and, and figure things out as well right so yeah it, it's a pretty cool space to be in and it's really nice being in that, that elevated conversation with experts um you know and and frankly you know a lot of the bigger brands out there are, are still um you know, are not experts um, and and need a lot of help. And, and uh, you know, there's still this like black box around Amazon and they're like, oh, we're going to lose control of our brand. And I'm like, well, if you're not there, you've already lost control of your brand on Amazon, let me tell you. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, uh, um, you know, yeah, you're right. You know, agencies are a pretty cool space to be in and it's obviously a massively growing, um, you know, cohort within, within the industry. Um, I think the software can get way better if that's who you're working with day in and day out, because there's so many more use cases, there's so many different, you know, one agency partner might have 40, 50 brands, it's got 50 different problems that are coming to the team all the time and advancing the software much, much faster and more rapidly and quickly than, uh, let's say, one, you know, a seller with one product line, um, mm -hmm. you know, sell at a time. So it's just it's an exponential, you know, amount of learning for both sides. Um, so yeah, when did chat GPT and AI kind of hit your guys's, uh, you know, roadmap? Yeah. I mean, you know, that, that it was, it was actually, uh, you know, November of, of last year, right. We were, what is it? 2022 when, when, you know, the chat GPT started to, to get announced in, in, in our lives. Right. And, and that for me was, was a pretty big moment. I mean, obviously being involved in software, you know, AI is nothing new. We've been using it from day one. Right. Um, and, but this was, it was a penny drop for me where I was like, okay, well, I, you know, it was almost like how, how I aligned Amazon going to global markets, right? Amazon is amazing at, at going to global markets because they're extremely good at distribution. And the reason that the, the Amazon prime and the distribution and the day turnaround, whatever works incredibly well is it becomes, something that is involved in consumers daily lives right and that's why amazon explodes you know they've got the distribution it makes it simple get you know it becomes the, the normal daily routine and that's the same kind of thing what i saw with chat gpt is like okay cool this could be a game changer like social media like anything it's going to be ai in that's used every day you know, at some you know, level yeah you know, congestible way for for the normal you know consumer right and so um we just set up a, a pretty small mini team and we're like hey let's explore um, using this and and uh, there, there was a lot of pushback uh, initially and just saying like this is yeah this is this is nothing but obviously when we started to really test it we were we were blown away by the results so you know we we moved pretty quick on it and we were the first in the space to integrate ChatGPT into our listing tool in January uh, we launched our beta um, and and got a lot of um, you know good good uh, exposure with that 
Um, and, and, you know, there were a couple of things that aligned for us. One was obviously being sellers, understanding how to prompt uh, ChatGBT and get the results we needed for, for the algorithm. So, you know, that was a, a pretty straightforward win for us. But the second was, you know, our listing tool uh, is, is built with this idea of contextual SEO. So uh, whether it's our keyword tool or our listing tool, we built this idea of context, which was like, you know, we, we not only show you like where, you know, what keywords you should be adding and, and how, how it should go in a listing, but we can compare it to the best listings on page one. So you can literally load any listings and compare where they're strong, weak in context to what you're doing. So, um, you know, it was a pretty easy thing for us to plug in and also be able to develop a listing that you can compare to any listing, see how, how you better score. That's but right. understanding that there was a baseline, it, it, it's going to get you, you know, 85% of the way there, a better, you know, optimization score than the best listings on page one. But it's 85% there where it's a baseline that you as a seller or an agency have to go in and, and obviously bring your creativity and expertise. So we understood right from the beginning that it wasn't a replacement for, for creative content execution. It was the idea of giving you a much faster, um, you know, high level intelligent baseline that then allows the team to focus their expertise and creativity around getting that to 110%. So, you know, it, it worked well across the board um, and, uh, and, and uh, we've had incredible success with that. You know, we're, we're seeing just from the way that, 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 that we can train the AI um, to, to write a listing um, based importantly on the keywords that we generate, which is, which is the secret, it's not the secret sources writing the AI, the secret source is what, what you're basing that on, right? Which is the keywords. Um, you know, we just do that in a, in, a, in a great way and, and uh, we get incredible results. I think, you know, right now we have about a 23% increase in, in revenue across existing listings across our platform that use our AI tool, right? So we, we take new listings out of the picture because it just skews the results, but, you know, existing listings, if you can get a, a bump in revenue just from, from that, it's, it's, it's pretty significant. So No, that's amazing, um, especially yeah. since um, for context, I think I saw a number recently that e-commerce as a whole has grown only 5% in 2023, uh, one of the slowest years since 2007 um, to see growth of, you know, I know it's an average, we're talking averages, but to see a growth of 23, 25% um, on existing listings, meaning to see that type of growth in a year when they're normally seeing 5% is, is a, a pretty bold statement. I mean, I think that's pretty amazing. Um, outside of like writing copy, is there anything else AI is touching across your tools? Like in, uh, I guess in a big way, like let's say PPC or, um, you know, uh, like profitability or any of those other analysis tools. Like I don't know enough, enough to ask, I guess some proper yeah, questions no, here, but yeah. Yeah. Look, I mean, AI, um, you know, as I said, you know, every software has got AI involved and, and it's where you apply it. Um, you know, a lot of it is going around pricing automation, um, you know, as that, ex which is, which is a, a no kind of like rule-based, you know, in, in some ways, like I felt like I, I felt like the tools of the past have been more rule-based, which can be very intelligent, mm -hmm. but, uh, they're rule-based versus getting smarter over mm -hmm. time, if that makes yeah. sense. And to me, there's, a, there's a bit of difference there. Definitely. Yeah. And, and I think, um, there's a full few tools now that are claiming AI on, on the, the pricing side of it. Um, from, from our side, you know, obviously we're using, um, you know, chat GBT as an AI in, in our content creation. Uh, we've chosen so far not to do that on image creation. Um, and I still, you know, I, I think there is a place for that. Uh, I think it's about getting better ideas in for, for brainstorming and, and that can be good at it, but I still, you know, I still think um, image creation can, can be 
um, something something the creative teams can do. Um, you know, we're, we're emotion. Uh, I think the main thing there is emotion. Um, yeah. You know, that's the one thing that we can, as humans, we have emotions, uh, you know, and uh, there's there's the math of photography and the math of creative and math of content. You know, I know everything is math in some ways, even music, but there's also that emotion, that intangible um, that I think uh, is going to be the difference in the long run. And we're going to start noticing kind of just those differences between like AI created stuff and, and, and human created stuff. Yeah, it's emotion and it's creativity, right? And, and it's, it's having faith in, the, in, in humans, right? And, and people all, all say that they're like, there's the fear of like, hey, is AI replacing us? I'm like, you know, yeah, it could replace you, but, but what it's going to do as, to us as humans is push us into the more creative expert areas of our fields, right? And, and it's already creating amazing jobs and it's pushing us, you know, even agencies, right? The baseline of like creating a listing is now literally evaporated. You, you know, something that took you an hour is now taking you one minute. So that and baseline spend time, is there. So spend your time tracking how to make it better or how to reiterate exactly. it. Yeah, how, how, do I, how do I connect with the emotion of my customers? Okay, well now we have more time to put into the research and understanding the brand and the, and the customer and the connection there and uh, et cetera, right? So, um, you know, we, we, we have AI, you know, built um, around uh, obviously our, 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 our um, uh, sales estimates and, and that's been in place for, for a long time. And, and uh, you know, Amazon's pretty careful about that. So um, we're always testing and improving and learning and teaching our AI and, and getting it to self-learn. Um, we do, we've also built a, an AI algorithm around uh, review sentiment analysis uh, and, and picking out, you know, positive and negative sentiment. It's a tool called Love Hate. Amazon's recently come out with, with something similar, but we've had that for for a couple of years now. So um, those are areas where we've we've put our efforts into right now, and certainly we we're going to go into other areas. You know, our our rule is that eighty twenty rule, right? Which is at the end of the day, we want to we want to focus on what's most impactful. But then we don't need to finesse it further once we once we nailed it. We like okay, you know, you know, let's let's focus on what is the next big thing that we can we can impact on. So. Um, you know, certainly AI is at a, at a different level and, and leveraging some of that. I mean, you know, the ChatGPT stuff, it's insane, uh, you know, what, what these kind of things can do. And if you can leverage that in your software, it's, it's amazing. So we'll keep going and, and solving problems as we go forward with, with, uh, with Amazon software. I think it's amazing. As an agency, I was waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for the software companies to stop selling to the sellers and, and, uh, you know, start putting together a different package for agencies. Um, just because, you know, we had different problems, different problems as an agency, managing lots of brands, tracking lots of different things. It's different than a, than a one-off seller. And, um, you know, but the, you're selling to the customer at hand and then the customer at hand at that time before the agencies were of any size to matter, you know, what was the individual private label seller or the wholesaler, um, so it's cool to see these things uh, kind of come to life and, and take away some of the nuance uh, or I guess take away some of the mundane, um, you know, tasks that we have to do as, as account yeah. managers, as, as a team and, and get to focus more on the creativity. We were talking earlier about, uh, you know, my creative style being kind of like a producer, right? Um, where you're bringing, you're bring, pulling in the team or you're saying this idea or this, you know, you're kind of pulling it together and then you're, getting the team to execute. And I think that's kind of how you address AI in a lot of ways. Like if you're asking it the right questions, if you're telling it to do the right thing with the right prompts, you can get it to do, you know, quite a bit, but you have to have somebody kind of asking the right questions. Um, 
you know, to get the answers that you want or get the things, uh, the, the results that you want. Um, but it's absolutely amazing. I was at a mastermind recently and just they were sharing ideas with different ways. They were using AI on their own as agency owners and stuff. And it was just like, you know, mind blowing. I've only I've been using it mainly to help me write the emails I don't want to write. Um, yeah. You know, a, you know, AI is, is it's an assistant, that executional thing that is smart in a lot of ways. But again, it's going back to this idea of like, if you are helping a brand, whether it's your brand or someone else's brand, but if, you, if you're truly trying to develop and, and push their brand further and scale them, the more you understand about their business, the more you understand about their customer or the business objective and, and the smarter you can get about that, you know, then it's just about, you know, executing on that. So if you can, if, if us as software developers can give agencies more space at the account manager level and, you know, at, 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 the, at the high level, um, to focus on, you know, the strategy, the, the creativity, um, and, and and more thoughts and space into that, and then do the, the rest uh, for them, uh, you know, the better, right? And so, um, for sure, you know, as we work with agencies, th this, there's kind of been a, a reignition of like reporting and analysis because like that's the mundane, you know, that's the bane of these for for agencies. Like not only just like understanding the data, but like having to report that activity to, to clients and like, how can we solve that better? How can we do things in bulk and how can we automate things so that you guys can really focus on like, you know, the, 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 the extra 10% that's going to matter most when they're competing against um, competitors, right? Get the baseline done by software and focus on, on the creative part. I think especially as our, let's say we're consultants in the Amazon space, um, as our clients go from wholesalers or resellers to private label to small business brands to, let's say, um, you know, enterprise brands, uh, the demand or the like, I guess the culture within those companies becomes more corporate as you go. And so, you know, if we're working with a Nestle or we're working with a Coca-Cola or someone like that, reporting uh, is a must, a mandatory must. It leads the way for all conversations, all meetings, all that kind of stuff. So um, I think the agencies and the consultants that are looking to move up in their industry are now ha facing these needs, you know, these needs around reporting and how to do it faster and how to look more professional and present better uh, to the C-suite or whoever you're talking to, right? Um, and so a lot of times the, we know the software has all the data that we want. Um, you know, just how do we how do we package this together in a way that they're used to that they've been getting on their D to C side or their retail side of their business for a long time. Uh, and now they're looking at the Amazon industry or the e-com industry for the same things. Um, I, I was start I started with Tableau, I think, six years ago, trying to get CSV reports to look sharp, you know. Um, so it's been um it's definitely been like a, um, a thorn in my heel in a lot of ways, you know, uh, getting to that point where you're just like, look, I don't want to spend all my time building a PPC report for 40 brands and have my account manager spend a couple hours every at the end of every month putting these things together. Um, you know, how can we speed these things up? And I think of it like kind of like maybe it's a silly analogy, but, you know, Mark Zuckerberg and Steve Jobs and these guys, these like, you know, front runner entrepreneur guys that we've heard about how they wear the same outfits every day the white t-shirt or whatever it's because uh you know as a leader you need your creative abilities uh or your decision making abilities at their highest and if you're making little decisions around this keyword this wording or this you know this little change uh sure it's not that hard it's not beneath me or anything like that or you know but you're losing the ability to use that for a bigger decision or uh, you know a bigger problem or have more creativity so these things that can um help us do our jobs 
better as effective and give us more brain power for other tasks. Um, I think the world is just so used to being in a, you know, an hourly wage type of this is what I do. This is my job instead of a meritocracy, you know, that I think a lot of entrepreneurs like to think we exist in is this meritocracy. I get paid based on my work and what I, what I deliver and the quality of my work. Um, that's what these tools are doing for us is just making it where um, we can work faster and smarter and more effective. And, um, you know, you're trying to have a, a brainstorming session. You can have one right there with chat GPT. You don't need to bring in, you know, uh, all five team members and waste an hour, two hours of a meeting. You know, you can honestly come to the table with a lot of great ideas to come to that meeting with and um, hit the ground running. So, uh, yeah. But it, and yeah, just to play on that, like yeah. I remember back in, in my agency days, like, you know, what, what made me or, or anyone on our team successful in, in growing our clients business or business with clients was, you know, figuring out, figuring out their, what I used to call like the CYA trigger, right. Which is like, you know, everyone in these corporate gigs, you know, they, 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 and number one, it's like their hierarchy of needs is like, they want to cover their own ass. Right. So like you have to figure out what their CYA trigger is, you know, and, and once you understand what that is and you can, you can really connect with your, with your clients at that level, and you're like, okay, what do they, what do they need to have to make them feel like they, their ass is covered and that they feel comfortable? Typically it's reporting in, in some kind of way or form, but as soon as you can solve that, um, then the conversation gets elevated into the stuff that really matters. Right. But if you can't figure out, like you can't jive with the person and figure out what their CYA trigger is, like it's hard to, to elevate yourself. And so, you know, um, that's part of our gig is, is, you know, working with agencies to figure out like, Hey, what's the baseline level of reporting, et cetera, that, that we can cover that makes, you know, them feel comfortable with their clients. They've got their reporting covered and it can elevate you guys into, into the more meaningful conversations. Right. And so, um, yeah, that's always the trick. The CYA trigger. Yeah. I love it, John. We're up on time, but as we as we sign off, I would love for you to just give um, you know your information where people can contact you, follow Zanguru, you know, get in, get in touch if they want to know more about the tools and what you guys are offering, um, and stay in contact. Yeah, um, you know, obviously zanguru.com. Uh, you know, we have a team there. You can you can come there, check out our blog. You know, there's a someone on chat there that you can connect with and, and get whatever you need. Um, you know, and certainly LinkedIn, if you want to get in touch with me direct, just, just go straight to LinkedIn. I think it's uh, my handle's John Tilly, J-O-N-T-I-L-E-Y. Um, we, we, are putting a lot of content out there. It'll help your sellers and agencies. Uh, and certainly you can get in touch with me there. So I would say those are the two best places, um, to go check out. Yeah. And I'll have them in the show notes as well for anyone that's, you know, on a computer on their phone and can get into the show notes and, uh, and maybe they're on the road, but, um, John, thank you so much for your time, sharing your story, uh, you know, sharing value about what you guys are doing there at zone guru and how you can help sellers and agencies alike, um, you know, dominate Amazon and using, uh, the latest and greatest, uh, technologies at our disposal to do so. Um, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you, Andrew. Pretty amazing. Thank you for all the questions. Of course. And hustlers, um, Thanks again uh, for you tuning in. And thanks again to our sponsor. Uh, do you need to hire software engineers, testers, or leaders? Let FullScale help. When you visit FullScale.io, all you need to do is answer a few questions and let the platform match you up with fully vetted, high experienced team of software engineers, testers, and leaders. At FullScale, they specialize in building long-term teams that work only for you. Learn more when you visit FullScale.io. John, Hustlers, we'll see you next time. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.
Like we do it.